It is related of a certain traveler that after driving in uncertainty for a while, he became convinced that he was on the wrong road. And so at the first village came to a halt. Calling one of the villagers to the car window, he said, friend, I need help. I'm lost. The villager looked at him for a moment. Do you know where you are? He asked. Yes, said the traveler. I saw the name of the village as I entered. The man nodded his head. Do you know where you want to go? Yes, the traveler replied and named his destination. The villager looked away for a moment, ruminating. You ain't lost, he said. You just need directions. Now, all too often, this story is used as a means to sell something. Hey, you know where you are, a place where you are presumably dissatisfied with yourself and your life, and you know where you want to go, a place where you are satisfied with yourself and your life, and guess what? I can give you directions. Act now, buy my book, attend my seminar, sign up for my classes, and you, too, will be able to get where you want to be. Alas, I can make no such offer. <laughs> but this story made me think of how the idea of intention, which is our theme for this month, overlaps with other words and concepts. Like destination, my intention to reach a certain place. Like goal, and Allison Ricker will talk about the intersection of intentions and goals in the service on January 30th. Don't miss it. And like purpose, which may be described as my intention to carry out a meaningful task. Intention seems to overlap with all of these, so it may be helpful to try and tease out what we mean by each. My theme for today, purpose, is maybe a prequel to the story of the person in the car, this person who knows where they are and knows where they wish to go and just needs direction. The person I'm talking about today, if we are to place them also in that car, may be asking, in the words of songwriter and performer David Byrne from The Talking Heads, well, how did I get here? How did I come to be in this car? Whose car is this? Am I supposed to be the driver? How should I know where I want to go? Don't I first need to know what this all means? To which many would answer, yes, of course. American Baptist pastor and author Rick Warren, author of the wildly popular The Purpose Driven Life, writes, Without a purpose, life is motion without meaning, activity without direction, and events without reason. Without a purpose, life is trivial, petty, and pointless. 
In other words, without purpose, you can start the car, you can rev the engine, you can even put it in whatever gear you choose and go forward or backward at will. But because you don't understand where you are and you don't know where you wish to go, it will all be, as Warren phrases it, motion without meaning, activity without direction. He's saying you first need a purpose to be able to know what direction you want to be headed. Right? To which I would respond with a definite and emphatic Maybe. And that maybe comes from my awareness that life is rarely as tidy as these sorts of metaphors, analogies, and four, five, ten, or fifty-point plans would like to make it be. Though it may be a cliché, it is true that life is messy. I mean, it makes sense theoretically to imagine that first we find out the meaning of life itself, then our purpose within it, then we decide how to follow that purpose and make plans for what we want to do and where we want to be and to support that purpose, and then we proceed from where we are to where we wish to be. But life rarely plays out in such a linear fashion, nor does it lend itself to this sort of consecutive framework of finding meaning, then having purpose, then setting intention, then finding direction. Sometimes it works in reverse, or things get shuffled together, and we make our way to finding meaning and purpose without really knowing how we got there. Think of the story of Peter Matthiasen and the snow leopard that James Hollis shared in Judith's reading. At a critical point in his life, desperate and grieving, Matthiasen seems to have chosen a direction to journey to the Himalaya mountains of Tibet and maybe a purpose to see a snow leopard without really knowing the meaning of it all but rather, according to Hollis, simply risking a silly passion to at least know that he was still alive. And maybe it was that, that intention that proved valuable, that intention to not treat life as a problem to be solved, but as an opportunity to risk, to treat life not like a noun, something I have, but like a verb, an activity which I engage along with all living things. If he had allowed a given expectation to predominate, to see a snow leopard, for example, he would have been greatly disappointed. Indeed, some say that expectations can generally be described as premeditated disappointments <laughs> or resentments. But when asked if he, they had seen a snow leopard, which seemed like the purpose of the trip, he replied, no, isn't that wonderful? The journey didn't start with a clear idea of what he was after and maybe did not end with a clear idea of what he had found. And yet, as Hollis interprets it, he had learned that the task is not to find the object, but to live the journey with passion 
and risk and commitment and danger to remain open to the wonder. Why am I me and not you? Why are you you and not me? The beauty of the video for me was not in any answers I may come up with for those questions, but in experiencing what it feels like to ask those questions. In awakening again to the wonder that I am here at all. To feel the preciousness of the precarious thing called existence. It is natural to have expectations about what life will be or what I would like to do, and it is important that I remember to hold those expectations lightly. If living through this pandemic has taught me nothing else, and there are a few other things I will share next Sunday when we all visit the Cambria congregation at 10 a.m., I might add, but certainly this pandemic has taught me to hold my expectations about what I will do and how things will be to hold those expectations very lightly. To bring those expectations to awareness so that they do not lie hidden in my subconscious, leaving me with only a vague, irritating sense of frustration at every turn taking that frustration out on those around me and increasing the communal sense of frustration and irritation, etc., etc. The focus turns from achieving the purpose I expected to carry out to how I want to respond to unexpected events that may thwart or seem to thwart that original purpose. Some might even call it sacred flexibility. Some may call it a graceful pivot. Whatever we call it, we are called to practice it. This is only to say that when we talk about meaning and purpose, often we speak of great realizations, big dreams, all-consuming work, Finding our purpose as if we had but one. Learning what we were born to do. And I get that in a way. It is a profound and powerful experience to feel called to use the talents and interests and passions we have in service to others. Participating in the great work that calls us all to honor our inherent interconnectedness. I don't mean to hold us back from this great work, from misplaced humility or lack of confidence. Quite the contrary. I am just saying that sometimes the purpose, the purpose I find, the why I need, is not on so grand a scale. Living with intention speaks to me of this smaller, flexible, pivoting, responsive, day-to-day, in-the-moment scale. To ask myself not necessarily what I will do, but how I want to be when I am doing whatever I am doing, which may not be what I had planned to do.
Take today, for instance. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we were expecting that we would be having in-person services at this point. Just yesterday, we were expecting to be broadcasting to Zoom from the sanctuary. I expected to be speaking from the pulpit. Judith was preparing to be at church by 10 a.m. We had expected to be showing the movie today, now rescheduled for January 30th, in case you missed that. Plans change. Life happens. Purposes are thwarted. We don't always arrive at our intended destination. But living with intention always applies. Write down your values and intentions and do so with conscious awareness, writes Gabor Mate. Envision yourself living with integrity, creative and present, being able to look people in the eye with compassion for them and for yourself. The road to hell is not paved with good intention. It is paved with lack of intention. Recreate. Are you afraid you will stumble? Of course you will. That's called being a human being. And then you will take the next step. Intention feels portable. Adaptable, responsive, flexible. It does not carry the weight of meaning and purpose, but it often translates these lofty concepts into our everyday lives. I thought of that when I read those words of Toni Morrison about Martin Luther King Jr. He made the act of assuming personal responsibility for alleviating social harm. He made that ordinary. Habitual and irresistible. Ordinary. Habitual and irresistible. We are in this together. I don't mean to minimize pain that often accompanies thwarted expectations. Experiences on a much larger scale than those I have mentioned today. I only mean to say that it may be our daily intentions that allow us to pull through the daily practice of living with integrity. That allow us to pull through together. Stumbling, helping one another rise, taking the next step allowing us to respond to whatever comes with courageous compassion until abounding love becomes ordinary, habitual, and irresistible. So may it be.